0: Scramble
1: scrambled
0: luck wine turning he's got time to the 10 to the 5 yes. to the end of the game broke touchdown he's this is a loot and Why podcast talking all things nfl now here's your hosts loot and wide
1: Hello. Yes, the Woot and Why show still exists. It's been a little bit, but... Uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a, there's a oh, lot, lot going on. A lot behind
2: the scenes going on at the moment. Uh, and, you know... I haven't we're... slept in three weeks. None, <laughs> not really. It's not that bad, but it, it, we are pretty busy. Uh,
1: very busy, uh, both with, you know, football-related things yeah. and... Oh, football. Back. It's, it's back. back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, where every every preseason we say, you know, we're not going to... We're not going to get sucked into this preseason. But Trubisky's going to Canton, baby. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you what do you make of it? I think I think we're just so deprived of football that oh. as soon as we see yesterday
2: was hella fun though. Like it was lit. Like it was, it was so good because all the like the backups played a lot of time and it kind of staggered. So we saw a little bit of Trubisky and then
1: Kaiser stepped in and
2: you know it was good. It was good.
1: And I mean, I think. All right, so I feel like this happens every time there's just, you know, a new rookie class of quarterbacks that come in. They come in, they look they look fresh, they look good, they're full of confidence, and I think it's just until the NFL breaks them that, that next season we start to see. Dominic and Sue steps all over your ankle and you're done. <laughs> That's it. And then you're the shell of the... The, the former preseason <laughs> god that you were. Or the Heisman were. or whatever you yeah. were. Yeah, but, I mean... I know I, it's one preseason, it's pr- it's one drive, but, you know, yeah. Trubisky in particular looked really, really What good. are we calling him? Biscuits?
2: Trubiscuits? The Trubes. Everyone's saying Truth <laughs> is his nickname. I truth. The Truth. I think for Ryan Pace, he's the truth. Like, if he pads out Ryan Pace, it's going to Vince McMahon walks <laughs> into the office like, you all doubted me. Like nice. Still, like... If if tr- this is early, but if Trubisky ends up being a franchise quarterback, that deal that they traded up for, like no one's going to care about that. Uh, mate, we said that when it happened, I we know. just went. Like, and it, they can still win the trade, and so can San Fran. San Fran sort of poker faced the Bears into like con them into the trading up. Yeah, sort of fooled them a little bit. But then again, maybe forty 49- nine. If Trubisky ends up being a stud, maybe the forty should have just drafted it. You know, but still, Solomon Thomas is going to be a stud too. I can't wait to watch him play but you know you're in for a good season when the f- very first football game of the season Blaine Gabbert is the MVP of the game so we know r- maybe it's just that's an e- omen maybe it's just every odd odd year that Blaine Gabbert's good since the Real American video yeah. 2015 it was his good 2016 eh.
1: 2017. yeah. 2017 um it was your birthday the other day buddy was On uh, Fisher Day, Colts Day, J.J. Watt Day. I call it it
2: J.J. Watt Day.
1: Do you want to explain?
2: Because I'm born on the 8th of August, which is the 8th of the 8th. So 8 and 8, J.J. Watt. A lot of people think it's Jeff Fisher, but that's... Jeff Fisher's not 8 and 8 now. He's a 7 and 9 guy, ever since the all or nothing. We're not going to go 7 and 9 again. We're not going to go (laughs) 7 and 9 and then... Went went way worse. Yeah. so... You mentioned Heisman a minute ago. Did you see the story this week
1: that Johnny Manziel wants to coach college football? I did. (laughs) I did. That's not even the weirdest story I've I've seen this week. Johnny Manziel guiding youth.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. that is a very uh, amazing concept to be.
1: All right, well, I mean, I know we're not doing Weird Web Story, where I'm just, I just want to touch on this right now. You gotta get out of. Oh, we, we yeah. are. All right, well, um, this I think any other day, this would have, this would have made our Weird Web Story. It's not the flesh-eating sea lice in Australia, which is just another animal
2: that Americans are now scared of us.
1: No, so, uh, Bo Allen, the the defensive tackle for Philly. Yep. So there's there's a, a dating app. I'm not sure if you've seen this. There's a dating app in America called Bumble. Bumble. Not aware of it. No, so anyway, Bumble um it's an it's an app and so he tweeted he tweeted Bumble on uh Twitter and he is dressed up as an elephant in what? all his photos on Bumble. And he said, hey, Bumble, can I get some tech support ASAP? For some reason, I'm not getting any matches in Philly. And all these photos are of him just dressed up as an elephant. <laughs> There's another elephant photo where he's wrestling another man and an elephant. But yeah, and yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Wow. Interesting. Speaking of, you know,
2: African animals, the giraffe, Mike Glennon, that was the surprise yesterday. To see someone else oh, that, <laughs> but someone actually snapped the ball over Mike Glennon's neck, like let that sink in, <laughs> like that's an amazing, amazing revelation. Uh, that's, <laughs> I that was probably the most amazing thing I saw yesterday. What?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, uh, my birthday on Tuesday I went to gold class in a. Uh, in our cinemas here, we'll just see. We'll just see. Saw War of the Planet of the Apes, Josh. Yeah. Um, very good movie. There's very some good. good films out at the moment. It's been, it's been good. It was a little bit of a a dry patch. There was a drought of there uh, was good for films. a while, um, but it's it's been good uh, ever since then. It's good to behind all the scenes and all the hard work that we're putting in for this upcoming season. It's good to get some downtime in uh, talking about behind the scenes. Uh, we've got we've got some changes to ch- changes. Yeah, no uh, drop,
1: just live, Why action. Just yeah,
2: there. we've got a lot of changes ahead for the uh, 2017 season. I'm not going to go into details now. It'll all be uh, unveiled soon. Um, but it will be revealed. It will all be revealed on the block. Sunday, <laughs> room reveals. Bathrooms. Uh, <laughs> kitchens, bedrooms, <laughs> everything. No, um, But fantasy leagues. Uh, we did tweet this week. Uh, we did tweet out that we are uh, running some fantasy leagues this year. We ran some fantasy leagues. Last year, on ESPN, some uh, various PPR, standard 10-man leagues, 12-man leagues, with the help of our uh, delegate, our fantasy delegate, uh, Craig Baltrop, uh, former, not former, fellow uh, Philly fan uh, to you, Woot. Uh, He'll be helping us out again this year. Former Philly fan? Yeah. Fellow. (laughs) I was going to say former. Now he goes for... Now he goes for the Colts. No, (laughs) I wish. Uh... But, yeah, we'll be running a whole heap of uh, fantasy leagues. I will pin the tweet that announces that uh, on our Twitter page. If you just give that a like, give us a follow first. Give us a like. Uh, Anyone in Australia or anyone that can uh, pay an Australian bank account, because that's where we'll be storing the money, um, because they're going to be $10 entry leagues, $20 entry leagues. Uh, I think that's probably enough at this point.
1: I mean, all right. If we can get ten high rollers out there that just want to $1, be $1 in a hundred dollar, thousand dollar league, well, I mean, we will we facilitate. We'll it, but, do that for you.
2: Uh, yeah, we'll be running those. So as as many leagues as we can, based off the interest. Um, you can go in multiple leagues if you want. Obviously, you just got to pay the entry fee per per each league. Uh, Craig will will reach out to you, or we'll reach out to you, and we'll monitor all that. Some drafts will be a weeknight here in Australia. Uh, we might run a couple on a Saturday Are we morning. we going to be in all of them. Uh, I think. I think so. I think at least one of us has to be in one like okay. as a, as the podcast, like yep. the Wooten Wire show and then maybe some of the other ones we might just go in individually if we want. Um, All or right. we run on ESPN because their app um, I think is the best. Yeah, you've done some research into that. Yeah,
1: I do. I I do like what ESPN are doing. They the also NBA. just slipped me a hundred dollar note to say that, which is great. <laughs> um, but they, no, we don't make they, any money off this. We just, They only gave you 100. oh wow, god,
2: I knew it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but we don't we don't make any money off this. We just want to facilitate uh, fantasy leagues that you can play for money because they're more competitive, they're fun, and I know Australians have a lot of trouble with like MFL tens yeah. and paying for money in like. U.S. based uh, draft leagues, so this is more for Australian fans to play fantasy competitively. Australians, because if you go in leagues where there's no money and people zero and four, they just pull out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like if people who uh, you know might not have mates that are like uh, into these this kind of thing as much as they are, this is you know a place where you can talk and trash talk with fellow Australians at an appropriate hour and don't have to wait till yeah. you know...
2: That's the only way we can make money, is by beating all of you. <laughs> and I damn guarantee
1: we will. <laughs> no, but... Um, You'll pry it out of my there, cold, dead hands. I know, we're, I know we're talking about money leagues and things like that, but there will be leagues that, you know, we're not... That they won't involve money for those that want to play against us and things like that. Yeah. So we're trying to organise that as well.
2: Yeah, uh, I think... Uh Owen, who's a regular listener of the show, has been pushing for a dynasty. I did tweet this week adding that we might not have the time to do it, but you yours you seem more keen than me. Yeah.
1: Um, Owen um He's in. Um Owen's in. He's in. So it's
2: kind of I don't want to knock off uh you know, the man's league that uh that Matty Berry runs, but maybe we could do like a a Wooten Y style league where maybe you can tweet us or email us at, wooten- at wootenwhite@gmail.com at and and just tell us, pitch to us why you should be in our uh, dynasty league. Yeah, we're not
1: going to create like four or five of them. We're just going to have one. And yeah, like, if it's a, it's a dynasty league, we're not going. There's no set criteria. If you just, you know, whatever. If you if you make us laugh and we we yep. find that enough, whatever. Um, we've got
2: one guy that's going to do our tax. He's in. There you go. So, that's great. I
1: mean, okay, and this is we're not ex- we're not expecting you to send us things or anything like that, but I mean, no. I mean, it's it's accepted. Uh,
2: I had another guy also when we first mentioned it message me and I need to I saved the message. It was very funny. I thought he deserves a spot too cuz he said something that was
1: <laughs> Guys, was, are you hearing this? Guys cool. and girls, are you hearing this? Spots are going fast. Yeah. I mean, why is just are flying off the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before and, before you've even heard this, why is already giving away three th- spots. Th- three
2: spots. Um, so wow. no more tax offers. Unless so you can do it yeah, cheaper in than this one, are guy. we
1: going in separately?
2: Yeah, well, I think so.
1: Are we going to have so the there's Woot and Y Division? Woot Division, Y Division? Yeah, that's a great, yeah. great plan. I want to win the Y Division. All right, I'll just go in the, the
2: Woot Division. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's do that. We'll mix it up, confuse the hell out of everyone. All right, so we're going to run some Dynasty Leagues, some paid Leagues, and we'll run some just some season-long Leagues as well. But uh, big thanks to Craig, who's uh, volunteered to help us out with that because we just wouldn't have the time otherwise with All our preparations for the 2017 season. And on today's episode, we speak about... fantasy. Yeah, we speak with Mike Taglier of Fantasy Pros. And here is that interview now. All right, joining us on the line is Mike Taglier. He is the lead NFL writer for Fantasy Pros. He finished inside the top six on the Fantasy Pros Accuracy competition twice. He's been in the industry since 2011... And he's worked with Pro Football Focus, Roto World, Roto Grinders, and obviously now with Fantasy Pro. And you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Taglier, NFL. That's T A G L I E R E. And welcome <laughs> uh, to uh, to the Wooten Why Show, Mike. It's, it's good to it's good to finally have you on because we've been following you for some time, and we uh, we really like your work.
0: No, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm always I'm always down to talk football. Like, I have a lot of people ask me if I want to join podcasts, and I I always say, you know, if I have time, I'm more than down to talk football, and, you know, that's why I ultimately decided to make it my career, is just, uh, I love talking football, and there was a lot of news today, so I'm sure we're going to touch on a lot of fun topics.
2: Yeah. For Plenty us, it stuff. happened it happened overnight for us, so we woke up this morning, and, like, uh, we have, like, rap sheet alerts on, <laughs> um, on our podcast Twitter account, so... Like I woke up and there was just scrolls of tweets and I was like, Oh my God, like, was, like hands on Something the ground. Like <laughs> Earth shattering stuff. We'll start with the uh, Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Uh, firstly, what does that mean from, for Dallas, from a football perspective, uh, Mike, in your opinion, then I'll, I'll get your thoughts, Josh.
0: So yeah, I mean, in terms of where I would draft him, what it does for the Dallas Cowboys offense, it, it's a problem. Dallas is uh their offense is going to be an issue this year, and it has nothing to do really with Dak Prescott for me. It has to do with their schedule and the fact that they didn't really surround Des Bryant with other talent. So Ezekiel Elliott getting suspended for the first six games is a massive blow to the offense on top of everything else. Uh, but. You know, people have asked me, where am I moving Zeke in my rankings? And I, I, I'm right now I'm leaning towards that end of the second, beginning of the third round. And I understand it's a risky proposition because, you know, you're talking about six games where you're going to have to be without, you know, a top three pick. And it, while while it's risky, it's really not. Because once you once you get through those six weeks, if you can make it through going two and four, even, you know, in those weeks, you're going to be set up extremely well. Because Ezekiel Elliott, there's all, there was only 10. Uh, 10 running backs last year who scored 12 or more PPR points 10 times. So if you're going to get Ezekiel Elliott for 10 games, he's probably going to get you there for that all 10 times. So he'll be one of 10 running backs to do that. And it's not just getting that value. It's actually getting the replacement value, right? So if you have to take someone like Darren McFadden in the seventh or eighth round, I'm okay with that because Darren McFadden, obviously, you know, he led the NFL in rushing back in 2015 before Zeke got there. He just never scored touchdowns. So, um I I'm okay with Zeke but I don't know I mean to be honest I don't know how your casual drafter is going to take this news I don't know if they're going they're going to fade Zeke and not draft him until like the 3rd or 4th round I don't know if some people are like you know I'll take him in the second round all day long It's just hard to tell I I guess you have to gauge your league mates and how you know risky they draft hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I feel the I, I think I feel the same way. I mean, if if it was the a four game suspension, I would have treated it the same way as I treated Le'Veon Bell's suspension and things like that. And like you said, McFadden is you know more than capable of covering those four games. But I don't know that those two games is just. Just pushing me, like you said, probably into the second round. I think I think I'd be fine at the end of the second round of taking. Yeah,
2: and there's you know he's appealing these suspension, so it's there's very much a likely chance that he may not face any suspensions this year, and they get pushed back. And he might end up missing sort of two or three games next year, or miss the entire season next year. We, know, don't know. we don't the, know that the entire ruling is incredibly murky right now. But I found it interesting that the Cowboys' first six opponents this year, you know, the first sort of four games are all against top 10 total defenses from last year. So you're kind of missing the hardest games on Zeke's schedule, uh, apart from maybe Seattle in, in later on in the schedule. But um, mm-hmm. when he gets back, like first game back, he's at 49ers, where they were terrible <laughs> against the rush yeah. last year. So um, you could end up just smashing your Week 7 opponent. Um, so, yeah, if he ends up not missing any time at all, I think he's a value in the third round. Mike, what does it do for the rest of the Dallas team in regards to, to their fantasy? Because obviously... Points per game, and and I'm looking at splits of Dak Prescott with and without Zeke. Obviously, he's a big help to Dak, and Dak's a big help to Zeke. What does it do for for other positions on the field? Are you pushing Des Bryant up a little bit, or or you keeping him the same because the offense isn't isn't quite as uh, successful without Zeke?
0: Well, no, that's where it comes down to, you know, a lot of people have asked me about my Des Bryant, you know, they're like, why do you hate Des Bryant this year? And I'm like, well, I don't hate Des Bryant. I want to be clear about that. Des Bryant is one of my favorite receivers in the league, but the NFL is such a small sample size. You know, we're talking about 16 games that we have to go off of. So when you, when you take a look at things, people want to hate on strength of schedule. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't look at it a little bit, but when I reference Des's strength of schedule, I'm talking about the cornerbacks that he's going to face Uh, in 10 of his 16 games. He is going to have brutal matchups, including he's going to see Janoris Jenkins twice, who shut him down last year, like legitimately shut him down. Josh Norman, who is going to be following him around the field this year, they said that he's going to shadow opposing wide receivers now. So Dez is the obvious choice they'll shadow. He's going to go against Aqib Tlaib, Patrick Peterson, Marcus Peters, Jason Verrett, Casey Hayward, Richard Sherman. Like when you start going through this list, it's hard to find, you know, Des can overcome that in certain weeks, but considering it's such a, a short schedule, I, I'm fading Dez Bryant. So I was expecting Ezekiel Elliott to catch a lot more passes in this offense. So with him out, not only I mean Derek, Darren McFadden's gonna step in and be an every week starter if you, you know, if you're able to snag him in your draft, but this really comes down to Jason Witten. I think a lot of targets are gonna start funneling towards him. The offensive line has taken a few blows. They lost two of their starters this offseason. And uh, Jason Witten, he's just a guy that just never, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps on going. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was going through the numbers. He has, ever since he, like 2004, he's been a top 13 tight end. So to see him going outside the top 15 tight ends right now is kind of dumb. And especially considering Des Bryant's schedule, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension, the lack of a second wide receiver option. So, yeah, I mean, I think Jason Witten uh, continues to be undervalued in drafts. Yep,
1: I'm definitely undervaluing, undervaluing Witten. Just there's been no talk of it whatsoever. No,
0: it's yeah, it's weird. It's kind of
2: like we have all these Frank Gore age discussions, but Jason Witten just doesn't get any talks, about, like anything. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, anything else on uh, Dallas, Josh? Before we move on,
1: no, I think I think we'll, we'll move on
2: to it. your uh, beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, in that blockbuster trade, do you want to explain that for everybody? Because that was. That was the mind-blower. We were expecting the Zeke news, but all this, like, three, basically a three-way trade.
1: Yeah, which would, on any other day, be the headline, yep. except, obviously, the whole Zeke R- Roger
2: Goodell wants to be the bell of the ball.
1: <laughs> he does. <laughs> okay, so, the Philly, I'll start with the uh, Philly and Bills trade. So, the Philly, Philly got Ronald Darby. Yep. Their number one cornerback, would you say? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, uh,
1: probably. Yeah. Um, and so, and Philly traded their third-round draft pick and Jordan Matthews to the Bills. And then, in a separate trade, Bills traded Sammy Watkins and... Six, a sixth-round six yeah, yeah. pick, yep. Yeah. And then got EJ Gaines in the process. Yep. Jeez. And a, they've ended up with a second and a third from all of it as well. Far out.
2: <laughs> I think it's easy to just to announce what Players? each team got. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So the Bills got Jordan Matthews, EJ Gaines... And two picks. The Rams got Stevie Watkins at a six, and the Eagles got Ronald Darby. Unbelievable. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's your initial thoughts on? Uh, obviously, you think that the, the, what, what, you think the Eagles won. Like you, you got rid of Jordan Matthews, who was getting sort of outplayed by Nelson Aguilar, and you got Ronald Darby, which is an absolute stud.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Philly really needed. I mean, I think everyone knows this, but their secondary is atrocious and they they definitely needed someone and Ronald Darby is terrific and I used to be so high on Jordan Matthews and I think a a lot of Philly fans were you know hoping he was going to be the next big wide receiver but with Alshon, Jeffrey and Torrey Smith coming in and you know the sudden resurgence of Nelson Aguilar from nowhere who uh, apparently is going to live in the pocket uh, has kind of just pushed Jordan Matthews out and there was some rumblings that he was going to be moved on and Here know, we, are. we wake up this morning and he's he's now off to Buffalo. Yeah, I
2: find it strange as well. Both Semi and Jordan were featured heavily in their teams first drive yesterday and then traded the next day. So Mike, I know you wrote a few articles about all of this. What's your what's your thoughts on the impact fantasy impacts for for the guys that traded and then we'll uh, get into some sort of others that have been affected from the moves.
0: Yeah, so Jordan Matthews, he was someone, as you guys mentioned, is that he was being talked about as a potential trade target for, like, the Ravens. They were associated with him, uh, you know, the Titans before they signed Eric Decker. There were a few teams that people seemed to think that that Jordan Matthews would fit that role. And the Bills were not on that radar after they signed Anquan Bolden. You know, uh, at first, before all this even happened, before Anquan Bolden was signed, Zay Jones was supposed to man the slot. They were talking about Sammy Watkins, Andre Holmes playing the outside, and they wanted Zay, Zay Jones to learn the slot so that could, he could play in three wide receiver sets. So they signed in Amquan Bolden, and it's like, okay, the rookie's not playing. Okay, he'll have to pass Andre Holmes or something. Uh, and then you hear about the trade here with Sammy Watkins. They bring in Jordan Matthews. So now they essentially have three slot wide receivers. And I'm trying to figure out what the heck the Bills are doing. I mean, I think this goes back to last year when you know they they benched Tyrod in Week 17. You know when they when they did not pick up Sammy Watkins' player option, and then they had their GM draft the team, and then they fired him after the draft. I don't think the Bills know. I don't think the Bills know what they're doing. I don't. Whoever's running that franchise, there's some serious issues. Um, and I I. I just don't understand this one on top of that you just gave away ron darby and the fact you you already lost Stephon gilmore this offseason so your top two cornerbacks the ones who have been kind of holding down your secondary for the last few years are gone and now you're relying on sharice Wright to be a starting cornerback for you and an ej Gaines. like i don't know this is going to be a matchup to target in dfs like all day long but yep. uh Ma- matthews i i i am not low on Matthews I'm not high on Matthews I think he's a solid wide receiver my issue is that I don't know if he's a great perimeter wide receiver I think he's a better possession uh, slot style receiver and he's not going to be playing there Anquan Bolden has played uh, last year he played over 80% of his snaps out of the slot I think that's what the Bills brought him in for Uh, so you know when you look at this offense the volume is going to go down in terms from Philly to the Bills I mean, some people want to say, you know, Rex Ryan is gone and the Bills are going to throw more. Well, you got to keep in mind that Sean McDermott, their new head coach, is a former defensive coordinator. So he still wants to run the ball. Yep. I mean, even even if we extrapolate, you know, their, their last season's numbers, if we add 50 attempts, which is which is a big increase, uh, we go up to 520 attempts and give Matthews a 20 percent target share. He's only looking at 104 targets. And so for me, Jordan Matthews, uh, I think his ceiling is a wide receiver three in Buffalo. And I wouldn't draft him. Uh, I wouldn't draft him inside the top 36 wide receivers. I think uh, I think he's settling in uh, after I update my projections and everything. He's going to be right around that wide receiver 40 to 45 range. So I, I probably won't own him on a lot of teams because a lot of people seem to think that this benefits him. And for Sammy Watkins, obviously moving
2: from one of the best, you know, Tyrod Taylor can throw the ball so far. Yep. Like, you know, like Uncle Rico throw a football over those mountains <laughs> style of uh, of arm to Jared Goff, who last year was uh, one of the worst, you know, yards per attempt quarterbacks um, in the NFL. But, you know, obviously those who watched Jared Goff in college know that he can throw the ball, and arguably he landed in the worst situation for a quarterback being with Jeff Fisher in, in L.A. last year. And obviously Sean McVay, is there so there is some hope that um semi can still replicate what we expected from him in buffalo this year but what's your output obviously semi does take a little bit of a uh a fall here moving from uh tyrod to jared goff
0: yeah i mean i'm not going to sit here and say that it's not a drop off from tyrod taylor to jared goff but i i you know we at fantasy pros we did a, like an emergency podcast today to talk about this and uh you know, I wanted to address the thing that that people tend to overlook and that Jared Goff is still a former number one overall pick. I mean, just just one year ago. So I'm I'm from Chicago. I'm a Bears fan. Um, I hate what the Bears do sometimes. But, you know, regardless of how everyone felt about the Mitch Trubisky trade, I was OK with it when it happened. I wrote a big, long article about it saying why it wasn't a bad thing for them to do. With that being said, Everybody now wants to pile on Jared Goff and say, this guy sucks and he's not good and this and that and this and that. I want to go back a year ago and say, what were you people saying about Jared Goff? You were, I mean, if somebody would have traded away two first round picks, for him you would have said that that was a great trade that he's going to be a franchise quarterback i didn't hear a single person tell me that he wasn't going to be good in the nfl some people said that his ceiling may have been limited but but nobody ever said that he was not going to be a franchise quarterback he seemed like the the you know he was the lock to be the number 1 overall pick so i am not writing him off being thrown into a bad situation behind a bad offensive line playing for Jeff Fisher, who runs the most vanilla offense in the NFL, you know, Mr. Seven and nine, eight and eight. Um, You know, I, 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 I don't put all everything on golf with that being said, bringing in Sean McVay, the youngest coach of all time, is, is a good move for them. And I think that he can relate to someone like Jared Goff. He is with it. He understands that the NFL is moving towards a passing uh, game. And if you go and look at his time as an offensive coordinator in Washington, they've always ranked, his offenses have always ranked in the top 20 in pass attempts. So we're looking at a minimum of 560 pass attempts here. And that, you know this is a, a obvious up, upgrade in terms of volume coming from Buffalo. So, you know, okay, but can he get that target share that he was going to get in Buffalo? Yes. The answer is an absolute yes, because you look at the Rams roster and you're looking at Robert Woods, who's a slot wide receiver. Sure, they'll move him out in the perimeter because they have to, but he's a slot receiver. Cooper Cup is a possession slot receiver. And then you have Tavon Austin, who is a gadget player. They do not have an alpha dog in this offense. So Watkins is going to be targeted a ton. I'm projecting him for anywhere from 125 to 150 targets. And when you get that type of targets, regardless of the quarterback, you know, we saw Terrell Pryor last year get 140 targets from a, a lot of different quarterbacks, and he's still and he finished pretty decent. Uh, Sammy Watkins is a phenomenal talent. I haven't given up on Jared Goff completely. And Sean McVay, I'm buying in on that. Um, and the fact that they also upgraded their offensive line with Andrew Whitworth in free agency. There's just there's so many things going on here that when I initially heard about Sammy Watkins, I, I wanted to say man you know it, it's kind of it's a downgrade for sure but th- then the more i look at it the more i'm like well it's a downgrade sure but at the same time i still think sammy watkins belongs in that low-end wide receiver two conversation with a bunch of other guys that have question marks too like deandre hopkins alan robinson yep. uh you know g- guys in that range so i think watkins is still there
1: do you do you think the um addition of watkins helps Gurley, or do you think it it doesn't impact him too much
0: it definitely doesn't hurt, uh, but one of the things that I would say we don't know in terms of like you know what Sean McVay's offense is going to do in terms of defensive fronts, right? Because last year, most people would be shocked to hear that Todd Gurley only saw eight or more in the box, sixty-nine percent of the time. The average, the NFL average was seventy percent. Yeah, nice. So the NFL average, he was actually slightly just below. The NFL average, so he, it's not like he was seeing stacked boxes all year long, like some people want to say. It's not true. Right. But Sean McVay, you know, it, does he? I, I would assume that he's going to go three wide an awful lot, which means Todd Gurley should continue to see seven man fronts, and uh, this d- definitely doesn't hurt Todd Gurley at all.
2: Yep. Uh, my last question uh, on this, uh, unless Josh has any more after me. Uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor, obviously losing Sammy Watkins. I know you were quite high on Tyrod Taylor um yeah. i've been high on taylor i've been drafting him in in leagues late um now how do you approach tyrod without without semi um because it looks like their best sort of outside guy right now is like zay jones or like andre holmes at this point
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's the concern and uh I, I haven't addressed that in my in my deep down in my heart yet uh because yes i was <laughs> i was the, the, the highest phase. <laughs> I, I was so high I yeah, i am in the denial phase um I was so high on Taylor. I had him as my number seven quarterback with Watkins there. Um, but after this news, it's definitely hurting because you know what Tyrod does the best. He's got a cannon for an arm. You mentioned that already. Uh, and he has no one to get it. I mean, we could talk about Andre Holmes, but Andre Holmes is not replacing Sammy Watkins guys. He's just, Sammy Watkins can do a lot of different things. He can be a possession receiver. He can beat you deep. Um, everything i i i've i've been saying for a long time that tyrod and sammy watkins had a perfect marriage i think that they fit really well together but uh this hurts a lot so i'm probably going to be sliding him down into the range of guys like philip rivers who i'm not a huge fan of this year um matthew stafford in that territory so you know tyrod unfortunately he went from being on like every one of my teams to probably not a whole lot
2: sorry to hear that it's yeah it really sucks bad yeah can hear it <laughs> in your voice
1: <laughs> sure okay um jay cutler um who i think may be my favorite player at the moment i don't know it's just something about him um <laughs> signing with the dolphins uh tell us a little about tell us a little bit about you know your thoughts on him and what his impact on the dolphins
0: yeah so obviously i've gotten to see jay a lot um being from chicago yeah. and even the- Bears fans don't like him. I have always liked Jay. I think Jay's a solid quarterback, and he's just been surrounded by. It was like at first it was a bad offensive line. Then they fixed the offensive line, and then they got him receivers, and then they they stayed, they brought in Mark Trestman to be the offensive guru. I mean, you can go back. They they wanted to be you know the old Rams. They wanted to be uh, the greatest show on turf, even though they played in Chicago weather. I, I the, the the Bears franchise has been kind of a joke for a long time, and you know Jay. He, he His growth was stunted because of the way they handled him. It, it all started back in Denver. Uh, I read a great article that um, Sunquist, uh, I think it was Ted Sunquist, the former GM of the Denver Broncos, the, the guy who drafted Jay Cutler, basically he wrote a long, 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 like I mean like probably like 30,000 word article uh, on why Jay Cutler never turned into the quarterback that he should have been um and it all started back then when they rushed him into things and he never had an offensive coordinator for more than 2 years and some people say that you know that's jays fault because you know with the interceptions but if you're committing to a franchise quarterback, you have to commit to an offensive coordinator to work with him to learn a system because, you know, NFL offenses are they're very complex and I don't think that you can truly learn them in a season. I think you get better as time goes on and that's why guys like, you know, Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels and you know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been together and you know, those guys, the elite guys, they keep those guys keep their jobs. But um in terms of Adam Gase and Jay Cutler being reunited, I think this is good for Jay obviously because it's his second year in Gase's offense. And when it's another misconception when people tell me that that Jay Cutler was babied and that uh, Adam Gase played it safe and he turned it into a game manager, he did that out of necessity, guys. Because you know Alshon Jeffrey was the only really wide receiver, uh, startable wide receiver. on on an NFL team that played for him that season. And Alshon Jeffrey only played nine games and he missed a portion of those nine games as well. His starting wide receivers for seven weeks were Marquise Wilson and Josh Bellamy, Mark Mariani. It's, 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 it's really a miracle that Jay Cutler threw 21 touchdowns and 11 interceptions that year. Um, but looking at Miami, obviously, you know, he's got a much, it's one of the deepest wide receiver cores in football. So, um, I don't know if this down. I don't think this downgrades anybody, and I, obviously, you know Devontae Parker should benefit from this. I think the offense's ceiling just got a lot higher. Yeah. Whereas Jar- Jarvis Landry may not see as many targets, but at the same time, he should have more scoring opportunities with Cutler at the helm.
1: Yeah, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm excited yeah, for sure. It's going to be an interesting offseason,
2: though, because Tannehill's like Gase took that job to work with Tannehill. Now he's had. Knee injuries, he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations, you know, despite showing a lot last year and improvement. It's a big commitment now, given the knee injury and everything next year. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens, because it would be the most Jay Cutler thing ever to have, like, the season of his career, and, like, he was supposed to be in a Fox commentary booth this year. (laughs) Um, And my ultimate dream scenario is Jay Cutler ending the the Patriots season at some point uh, this year. I think that would just be a really fun ride. Uh, The internet would probably break um would yeah, so be sure. very fun. Uh you mentioned sort of like it doesn't really downgrade anyone. For me, I still think like Kenny Stills is still being so underdrafted. Uh I don't mm. I don't know why like they gave him they did a very undolphins thing this season in in that they actually re-signed a lot of their players on good deals and, and kept talent in house. Normally they let people go and just chase big names. So keeping someone like Kenny Stills and now getting a a guy like Cutler who can throw downfield very well and and i think kenny stills i think he's gonna give you a really good return on investment
0: you know what's funny um i i I was actually working on an article earlier today and um (laughs) kenny stills so here's the the stat on average it took 11.8 ppr points to finish as a top 36 wide receiver so 11.8 ppr points kenny stills had as many 11.8 point games as mike evans did in 2016 wow Wow. That's really crazy.
2: Good stat. It is. It's a great <laughs> stat. Especially why we get the in best PPR, materials. it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that is mind-boggling. Uh, you mentioned, we'll move on, you mentioned being a Bears fan and that you you like Jay Cutler, and we're a big fan of smoking Jay because we just love his sort of... You know, don't give an F attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's most yeah. the most
1: apathetic athlete in all of the sport. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, everyone
2: sprouts <laughs> cliches. Jay Cutler just stands as the face of defiance in all of it, and it's great. But, you know, obviously you have to be happy with the Mitchell Trubisky uh, performance yesterday. You know, it was against... You know, we, we preface everything about the preseason. It is the preseason. It is against future accountants and and like college undrafted free agents and things like that but what we saw from Trubisky obviously obviously good signs and and how does that obviously adjust things for you if if he plays like that in week two in week three uh obviously it's not going to start week one because the Bears don't want to rush him but who knows like how do you approach the Bears outlook now given you know the quarterback battles a little bit murkier (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't think there should be a quarterback battle. Um, and now I, so I'm going to sound like a bears, like truther here, but I'm not a lot of, a lot of my friends tell me that I hate the bears and that I just, all I do is hate on what they do. And they've been a poorly run franchise and this and that, but cause I already just said, I like Jay Cutler, but, um, <laughs> but no Trubisky before the bears, you know, traded up and drafted him. He was the top quarterback on my board. And I, I, I compared a lot of the things he does to Andrew luck. And I know nobody wanted to hear it at the time. It wasn't a popular opinion, And it's funny because I have friends today. They're like, "Mike, are you gonna are you gonna tweet out your Mitchell Trubisky article? You know, the one saying that it was a good move by the Bears and this and that." And I was like, "No, I'm not going to do that because it is still just one preseason game, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and dismiss that just because I like Trubisky. It's one game, but there were some really promising things. You know, everything that I said in the article in terms of what he does, it all showed up on the field and and, and that's where people get it mistaken, you know, like Blaine Gabbert, you know, when he played in the first preseason game, he looked, he, he looked like a different quarterback. He stood there tall. He was poised. He stepped up in the pocket when he had to, he was putting zip on the ball, you know, and I told people it had nothing to do with really the, 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 the end result where it's like, Oh, is it a touchdown? Is it a 30 yard game? It, it's just watching his body language, watching what he's doing as a quarterback and everything that Trubisky did was, was, It was special. I mean, there's really no other word to describe it. He's 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 running to his left, throwing ropes. You know, like without setting his feet. He's he's obviously going to the right. This is something that he did at North Carolina a lot. Uh, They had him running bootlegs and things like that. So my concern is, I don't want Mitch Trubisky playing this year. And a lot of people, a lot of people say after after watching that, they're like, no, no, he deserves to play. I know what they want to say, but I think that there's a reason that Aaron Rodgers is as good as he is. I think he had time to sit back and he had time to learn the game, learn the speed of the game. And Leonard Fournette is someone that came out after this week oh, and yeah. said, <laughs> oh, the, yeah, it was, it was the dumbest statement and like saying that the NFL slower <laughs> than the, the SEC. Like, what are you talking about? Like, stop. Like I love Leonard Fournette, but don't say that. Um, but that's what every college player says. They say that the speed of the game, that's the biggest change. And, for me, I want Trubisky to sit back. I want him to to take it all in. I want him to get the practice reps, and I do not want him playing for John Fox. That's my that's my thing. I don't like John Fox as a coach. I think that he's. I think <laughs> no, he's someone he's someone like another Jeff Fisher, where I don't know why he's so overvalued his his career record without Peyton Manning, he's like sub 15 games under 500. Like, I just don't understand the love for John Fox. He's a bad coach. Uh, He's going to be gone after this year. And, you know, I love everything that the Bears GM Ryan Pace has said. He said, you know, Trubisky's not playing. This is Mike Glennon's team in 2017. And um, yeah, that there is no, there's no competition. Like he's not playing. And I love that he's saying that. And I hope he's had that conversation with John Fox. Some people seem to think that john fox will have the final say because you know he's the head coach and all that well you fire him like if that's what it comes down to um do not like don't do what happened to jared goff to mitch trubisky like let him sit for a year let him learn and in 2018 you might just have yourself an elite quarterback Hmm.
1: any other thoughts on the preseason woot no just just in regards to fantasy players in preseason what I mean, we we have to take preseason games with a grain of salt. But what what exactly are you looking for? I know you were saying that you were you Good know question. you look. It's not about the the touchdown or the yardage or anything. You're more mm-hmm. looking at how the player is, you know, their their uh, mechanics and things like that. But like from a fantasy perspective, what what are you you know what are you looking for in preseason?
0: So all I want to see in the preseason, I want to look at snap counts with the starter uh, with the starters. So like for instance, Devin Funchess uh, with the Panthers the other night, he played nine of nine snaps with the starters. So that's important to me because Devin Funches is someone that I've been waiting for him to kind of get his opportunity. Ron Rivera has been talking about it, talking about it because we hear all these things, you know, throughout the off season about, you know, Carlos Hyde was going to get cut. Like, get out of here. Stop. Seriously. Stop talking about that. Like (laughs) Nelson Aguilar, he was receiving a lot of hype, right? And, And then like I I follow beat writers that say they don't know where the Aguilar hype's coming from because literally all the guy does is get open. He runs great routes, but then the ball hits him off the hands and hits him in the chest and he can't catch it. And if you can't catch a football, it's a problem. (laughs) Um, So like for me, it's looking at snaps. I want to see who's out there. Like, cause the depth chart can say one thing, but when you have guys out there with the starters, like, you know, let's say if, if Joe Mixon is out there just as much as Jeremy Hill and they're alternating back and forth, that's very noteworthy to me because it tells me they're trying to see how each of them do with the starters on the field against yeah. the first team defense. That's, that's what I want to see. And, you know, from there, the next week you'll see kind of how the snaps go. And if, if the, the competition has changed, cause you'll start to see depth charts, yep. you know, taking their shape at that point. So um, again, I had someone tweet at me after the Kelvin Benjamin touchdown telling me um, you're way too low on Kelvin Benjamin. I'm like, okay, first off, I have him as a wide receiver three, I don't think that it's, like, I I said he's not dead, but don't be that guy. Like, don't, don't, no, don't, like, if Tyreek Hill catches a touchdown tonight in the game, don't at me and say, Tyreek Hill, he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. Don't do that. Don't do
2: that. (laughs) All right, don't look at our Twitter account then, because we put Trubisky in Canton yesterday and everything. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> a We're, lot of people did, and yeah. I, I wasn't one of them. I did not. I didn't brag about it yeah. about the fact that I like him, but I, I just, I just want to see the kid continue to grow. I still don't want him to play, though. Yeah,
2: we we love a pre like just overtaking preseason as as part For of sure. the fun, you know. So yeah. obviously, the the New England Patriots lost the Jaguars, so their season's over. <laughs> Tabis is going to Canton. Kais is going to Canton, and Paxton Lynch will still be developing in twenty forty five yeah. at this point. Uh, actually, Uh-oh. that might be a more truer statement than than we think but uh you uh-huh. mentioned uh Tyree kill and he's a player uh that you're you know and i you inve- unveiled your rankings on fantasy pros and um i what i like about your rankings is you talk about you preface the rankings by talking about the process and and how you like to gain you gain clarity on 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 the player by you know as to why you would pick them and, and things like that. And what I also like about your rankings is it has in brackets how you are on a player as opposed to the expert consensus rankings on fantasy pros. And Tyreek Hill's one of those players that you differ quite a lot on, and he's a guy that's very divisive in the fantasy community. Where where do you stand on Tyreek Hill this year?
0: So the the issue here is coming down to the Chiefs offense and how many how many fantasy superstars can they really produce? Right. I mean, we know Travis Kelsey, if he's healthy, he's going to be one of those guys. Right. And we're trying to figure out whether it's Spencer Ware, whether it's Kareem Hunt. Um, that's one of those things that you want to watch this preseason is the battle between Kareem Hunt. And, you know, is he playing with the, the second and third string? Because that will tell you a lot. Um, but Tyreek Hill is, is a guy, he reminds me a lot of Devin Hester and, you know, talking about the bears and how they ruin players. Um, Devin Hester was one of those guys is that he was an elite, uh, special teamer. Like he was hall of fame and he may end up going to the hall of fame regardless, just because he was that good, uh, while he did it, but they tried to take it a step further and put him on offense. And it worked a couple times as like a gadget. And then when they tried to make him a wide receiver full time, he just fell apart and he just was never the same player. Again, Tyreek Hill is he electric. Sure. Um, is, you know, is he a highlight reel waiting to happen? Sure. But is he a wide receiver, you know, like a dependable wide receiver in fantasy football? No. Um, I just have concerns. I don't think Alex Smith, I don't think his skill set really fits what Tyreek Hills can be, should be. Uh, there's, I'm not saying the upside's not there with Tyreek Hill, but there is nothing about his stature and his play style that, that, that usually lasts in the NFL. I, I guess that's the best way to put it is that. Last year, on, on his percentage of routes, I think the number was I can't remember, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it was like 31 or 32 percent of his routes he was targeted on. Guys like Julio Jones and Antonio Brown are targeted on like 27 percent of their routes. Yeah. So just because Tyreek Hill is playing more snaps in 2017, it doesn't mean he's going to get more targets. You know, um, Jeremy Macklin was a guy that was considered when he was healthy, he was like always a top 20 wide receiver. And then he goes to Kansas city and he's dead and people now they're afraid to draft Jeremy Hill because he's old and he's boring. He's only boring because he's on the chiefs. Um, so for me, I, I just, I can't get excited about Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's going to have some weeks here and there for sure, but I would much rather take guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Stefan Diggs, golden Tate, uh, Keenan Allen. Like that's the range he's going in. And I, I just can't, I can't justify taking him over those guys. Sweet. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Other players that you're hiring, um, John Brown, uh, you just mentioned that you liked, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Tell us a little bit about John Brown.
0: So fun fact is like, I haven't even said it on our show yet, but I just found out that we're going to be interviewing John Brown on the fantasy pros podcast. Um, the, uh, the, nice. Yeah. No, the owner of fantasy pros, he knows I'm a huge fan and, uh, we somehow got in contact and we're going to have him on the show. Um, I want to say it's in two weeks. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it because John Brown is somebody that has, he's kind of been forgotten about, right? I mean, he's being drafted outside the top 45 wide receivers right now, which is a joke because John Brown, if you go back and you look in 2015, when he was healthy, there were just three wide receivers, three wide receivers who finished with less than 105 targets, but they finished inside the top 24 wide receivers. One was John Brown. The other two were Sammy Watkins and Doug Baldwin, guys that are being taken as top 15 wide receivers. So, you know, people are, are going back to John Brown's 2016 and saying, well, he was really bad. And the, the guy had a cyst on his spine. Everybody wants to talk about the sickle cell treatment and, and all that. But while that was part of the issue and why he wasn't practicing, assist on your spine. Like, think about that for a second. That That can't be comfortable. Uh, playing wide receiver in the NFL, having assist on your spine. So his snaps per game were dropping rapidly. But even if we include his 2016 season where he was playing, you know, 20 to 30 snaps towards the end of the year uh, in games where he has seen more than five targets, John Brown averages five catches for 72 yards and 14 and a half PPR points in games where he has seen five or less targets, just two receptions for 29 yards and 6.5 PPR points. So essentially what it comes down, to John Brown, is that we want to see him get six targets a game. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, talking about Larry Fitzgerald, is th- he's 34 years old when the season begins. David Johnson, as much as they want to say, we're going to get him 1,000 yards, I don't buy into that narrative. I think whatever happens, happens. And him and Larry Fitzgerald work in kind of the same area of the field. John Brown is the field stretcher in this offense. You know, Bruce Arians compared him to somewhat of a Marvin Harrison type receiver. And wow. that's, that's a mass that's a massive compliment. Um, but I'm, I'm not holding him to that standard. But w- what I'm saying is like when you start doing projections like I do and looking at the offense and in what John Brown should get in this offense, because there's really no one else to play the perimeter uh, with him. So I'm, I'm counting on 120 targets for John Brown. And if you give him that many targets, John Brown is going to finish as a top 25 wide receiver every single year. Um, so for me, he's fantasy football's best kept uh, secret right now. John Brown is just a steal in drafts. And if you walk into your season with him starting at wide receiver three on your fantasy team, you're going to be so happy you did.
2: There we go. I, I, <laughs> we love Smokey Brown. Touchdown. Yes. Smokey Brown. Very, very high on him. Um, before we go back to looking at some players, I I want to just double back to your article about how scoring matters for fantasy football and applying that to your draft preparation. So you did an article about looking at the top ten offenses and how many, you know, how many of those yielded top ten running backs, wide receivers, um, etc. You know, how how do you apply that? And I, I, I circle back again to Sigmund Bloom, who's been on this show a few times, and he talks about the size of the pie, you know, you want to take offences that have a a huge pie because there's so much more scoring opportunities. When you do your rankings and and draft prep, how much do you take that into, into account?
0: So it's it's a study that I did. The reason I ended up doing this study is because I, I started talking about Carlos Hyde, and I've always I've liked Carlos Hyde, and I talked about the obstacles that he overcame last year, you know, being on such a bad offense and still finishing as the number nine running back in terms of points per game. So when I started looking at everything, the, the, the guys who finished in front of him, the top eight guys, they were all on top 14 NFL scoring offenses, and seven of them were on top 10 scoring offenses. So I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a trend like year over year? Like, does this mean if you're not on a top 15 NFL offense, does it mean like you're almost like excluded from the top eight running backs like every year? So I wanted to do the research and that's what that's what prompted me to do it. So I went back over the last five years and and kind of looked at all that stuff and essentially came down to you have a 13 percent chance to finish as an RB one, a top 12 guy if you're on a bottom 10 offense, which is not great. Um, and when you look at guys who are being drafted in that range this year, like, you know, Jordan Howard, I don't think the Bears are going to be a, you know, out of, I think they're going to be a bottom 10 scoring offense. Yep. You talk about Todd Gurley on the Rams. I, I believe in Sean McVay. They may get out of the bottom 10, but right now we're projecting them to be bottom 10. The Houston Texans with Lamar Miller. Um, there, there's just a lot of questions, you know, can Miami do it with Jake Cutler? Can they, there's just a lot of questions around that range. So what it comes down to for me is I kind of use it as a tiebreaker where if you're looking at two players that you're really torn on, uh, for example, like let's say you're, you're on the clock and you're looking at, uh, Mike Gillisley versus Bilal Powell and you're like, man, I really like Powell, but you know, he you know Matt Forte is going to be involved but i like Gillisley Gillisley is going to be on a top 5 scoring offense right yep. he, does he come with does he come with some risk sure but does Bilal Powell come with some risk the fact that the jets may never ever be in scoring position sure so um like when i'm trying to decide between players like that when you're torn like on a player in a tier uh, I, I i would definitely lean towards the player who's in the higher scoring offense
1: yeah, yeah oh, i think yeah, that's uh, a that's a good rule
0: such a good way to
2: approach drafting <laughs> Rather than looking just at a, a list of rankings and going, all right, yep, 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 yeah, yep.
1: All right, so going going back to um, some of the players we were talking about before and um, being higher or lower in players uh, like John Brown that we just touched on, yeah, thirteen spots higher. Um, tight end position this year, we're trying to find the you know the hidden gem again. Uh, You're Jack, always chasing that hidden gem ta- at am, that tight end. I I always feel like they're just drafted the you know one or two spots before I'm ready to, to nab them, but uh, yeah jack doyle and evan ingram uh you've got them you know four and six spots ahead of you know the general consensus tell us a bit about them and why you're you're higher on them
0: so yeah jack doyle um he's someone who i'm surprised more people aren't high on uh because if you got if you go through andrew luck's career and take a look at how often he targets tight ends it's similar to what drew Brees has done throughout his career and that's it's the reason that kobe fleener has finished as a top I think it was a top four, top six tight end uh, under Andrew Luck. And we, as we know, Kobe Fleener is not the most talented individual. Um, So when Dwayne Allen was traded away, it was kind of telling the fact that they they like Jack Doyle and they wanted to use him going forward. Uh, You know, they have Eric Swoop on the roster and it's potential that he's like a very, very deep sleeper. But when you look at Andrew Luck and you add it up, I want to say the number is uh, about 130 times, 140 times per year that Andrew Luck targets his tight ends. And so when you start to look at that number and you're like, wow, um, because I've done studies before that show if a tight end sees 85 or more targets, he's essentially locked into a tight end one. Like he's going to finish as a top 12 tight end. Yeah. So when, when you take a look at how many targets there are between Jack Doyle and Eric swoop, you can give swoop 40 targets and, and Doyle is still going to get his with Andrew luck as the quarterback. So for me, it's kind of like a no brainer at, at a position that is really difficult to project. Um, It just seems like Andrew Luck always does this, and I don't know why people tend to overlook it. Uh, I remember last year, I was kind of high on Dwayne Allen, and that didn't really pan out, whether it was injuries, whether it was Doyle. But I remember doing a show. It was like a podcast. Before the season, I said, if if Dwayne Allen doesn't finish as a top-12 tight end, then it means that Jack Doyle turned into something that we could never expect. And that happened. Jack Doyle turned into the tight end that nobody expected. So can it happen with Swoop again? Sure. But I doubt it. I think Doyle's the guy here. Um, And when you're drafting around guys like Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry's not guaranteed to see 70 targets. Like, we can't bet on that. Uh, Will he score more touchdowns? Maybe. But, you know, when talking about tight ends, I want someone who's guaranteed volume. And I think Jack Doyle fits that bill. Yep. Uh, All right. Last
2: question, because you've got to get going. We just do some rapid-fire questions with all of our uh, fantasy experts. I'll start us off. Uh, Give us one late-round pick that Mike... Owns in pretty much every league.
0: That's an easy one for me. It's Devin Funchess. I own him like everywhere. I've done. I think I've done forty MFL tens, and I own him. I I think thirty one of them. So uh, I own Devin Funches like everywhere because he 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 comes at like zero risk. And the best part about him, even if you're in a season long league, is that if you draft him in your last round or the round before your last pick, you're gonna find out exactly what he is in week one. And if he's and if if preseason week one was any tell he's going to be a starter and he's going to be on the field. I happen to think that he's just as athletic and talented as Kelvin Benjamin. So um, he's the one guy that they can use to utilize Cam Newton's, you know, cannon for an arm. So Devin Funches for sure. Uh, Give us a late round quarterback that you're targeting. Uh, Andy Dalton is someone that I'm definitely, um, I'm I, like, not, it was Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was like, I'm all my teams, but now it's, it's probably going to be Andy Dalton. He's, uh, most people don't know. He has finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback in three of the last five years. And then one of those years he didn't was when he got hurt in that year. He was, I think the number eight quarterback in terms of points per game. So he's essentially been a QB one in four of the last five seasons. He's finally going to have a healthy, A.J. Green, a healthy Tyler Eifert. He's going to have Joe Mixon, who can catch passes out of the backfield. Gio Bernard is obviously healthy. John Ross is a field stretcher. There's just so many like options here. They're not going to be able to run the fo- the football very well because their offensive line lost two important parts this offseason. Yep. So am I concerned about Andy Dalton taking some sacks? Sure am. But at the same time, how, how many times can you bring a blitz with all those receiving options that he has? Yep. And under the radar rookie that you will own. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, I, I'm going to own a lot of Jamal Williams. I don't know if that's considered like underrated or not, uh, or under the radar, because okay. he's starting to make a name for himself. He's starting to get reps with the ones. Uh, but he was someone before the Packers drafted him. I felt like he can come into the NFL and be a workhorse, and I think he could be 2017's version of Jordan Howard. I like that. That's spicy. That's cool.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Um, I think we found our uh, showrunner for, uh, for the social media. Um, you have... The number one pick in a rookie draft. Who are you taking?
0: Oh, uh, it's Corey Davis. Um, but I want to. I want to let it be known that if you if you want to take Leonard Fournette, I have no issues with that. I think Leonard Fournette is this generation's Adrian Peterson. He is that good. Um, I, I I love Leonard Fournette. He's like one of those guys where I could put on his I could put on his tape and watch it literally all day long and, and just <laughs> and love it. He's just he's a really fast truck that it, it, he, he he's just he's so good and his vision is better than people think. And I'm excited to see him because Jacksonville uh, they're a defense that is going to be, I would argue they're going to be top five this year. And I think they're going to be really, really, really good for a long time.
2: Yep. And well, that probably just answers our next question is, you know, if you know a lot of standard leagues, a lot of people play with a kicker in defense, what's a, what's a defense worth investing in? Obviously you mentioned Jags, but is there any sort of, Later round ones, like for me, I'm always proud that I picked the Seattle Seahawks, that the first year they finally broke out and I got them at a very good discount. Is there a version this year that you can see kind of making that, that leap?
0: Yeah. The Jaguars are definitely the one that I own a lot of. And they're the one that I would bet on because, you know, they, they came on over the second half of the season. It wasn't even the second half. Actually. I think it was the final 10 games. They got so much better as the team went on. And not only that, they, they grabbed the best two free agents out there in terms of defense. They went out, they got AJ Boye, the cornerback from Houston and they, they got Calais Campbell from Arizona. So like their defense is going to be so good. Like Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye is your one, two punch at cornerback. It's like, good luck, wide receivers. Um, And and then they have the pass rush there, too. So it's going to be extremely difficult to to move the ball on Jacksonville. But if you want one outside of them, I would say the Raiders are a defense that on the come up where they're they were young. They're they have a they have a great front seven. I'm a little concerned about their back end. Their their secondary isn't great, but I think they can generate enough pressure with their front seven where uh, it can help compensate for the secondary. Yep.
1: Nice. All right. That's Thanks, it. Mike.
0: That
2: was great. Great speed round. We like that. We're Just getting yeah. uh, some, you know, some high, uh, some what is it? Hot takes. I was trying to say. I was going to say high takes. <laughs> Same thing. Um, yeah. Some some hot takes. We we always love uh love it when the, our guests bring the heat, and we really appreciate it. Mike, where can people find your work? Please promote uh, yourself and and all of your work because uh, more and more people need to read you. Just not anyone in leagues that we're playing with this year, please. Until <laughs> after we yeah. draft.
0: No, I appreciate it, guys. You guys can find me on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. Uh, but I've, I've been writing so much. I've been so busy. I try and get to everyone on Twitter, but it's getting more and more difficult with how much I'm doing uh, over at Fantasy Pros. Fantasypros.com, guys. Check out all my work. Uh, I think like 95% of it we make free where there's some stuff that we do premium uh, to obviously thank those who, who, who you know, help um who helped make my career i guess so um but thank you thank you guys for having me on i always have a blast talking football and uh i, I hope you guys can hear that no yeah we definitely
2: can hear it. is this your first uh australian podcast uh appearance
0: first australian yeah yes. definitely def- it definitely is so oh, i geez. i appreciate you guys having me on i love it um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's de- it's de- it's definitely a blast. It's weird hearing you guys saying it's the morning over there, but yeah, yeah, it is.
2: It's uh, <laughs> we get up at three a.m. to watch football every Monday, so uh, yeah, it's, dedication. Uh, it is, it is, and uh, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully we can we can talk again, uh, you know, pre-draft process, uh, pre-fantasy draft process uh, next season as well. And uh, thank you very much, and uh, have it have an enjoyable season.
0: Oh, you guys too. Thank you, thank you for having me on.
2: Big thanks to Mike Taglier for joining us next year. This year's Jamal, uh, Jordan Howard is Jamal Williams. Apparently. There you go. Still uh, don't understand how he's not verified on Twitter. You're saying?
1: Yeah, let's let's uh, let's change that, people. Yeah. Yo,
2: at Twitter, get our boy Mike Taglier verified. I mean, he's the lead writer of like the biggest fantasy website. Not NFL. Dot, not caught NFL.com or ESPN yeah. or Roto World.
1: But you'll you'll have so um, at least the fourth biggest. I know, but then I feel like you have. You have like the the entertainment editor of the the Barrel Times in Australia will verified. get verified. I mean, Matthew
2: like Bungard's verified. Enough said.
1: Enough said. <laughs> Look, that guy up, though, he's good yeah, read.
2: He's pretty good. Uh, all right, so big thanks to Mike for joining us. Plenty of good uh, nuggets there, and a lot of NFL news to decipher with all those trades involving. The Rams and the Bills and, and your beloved Eagles, who, who came out pretty good looking like roses in I the I really trade. think
1: Sammy Watkins is going to look good in a Rams jersey.
2: I think he'll be good in LA. That team's got a lot of swagger now. You've got <laughs> Gurley, Donald, and Watkins. Like, that's Leaving good Cole trio. Buffalo as well to go to LA. El- like. I mean, Sammy Watkins, big winner in terms of geography. Yeah. Um, Maybe not football-wise, but we'll wait and see. The The Rams' approach to wide receivers this offseason has been truly, truly bizarre. The Rams'
1: approach to most things in the last few seasons has yeah. been odd.
2: I mean... Their head coach is younger than Tom Brady, so <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Oh, did you know that Tom Brady turned forty last week?
1: Mate, sorry, I was I was just I was did so you know caught that? I was so caught up with your birthday demands and having yeah. to answer oh. all your birthday questions. By the way, guys, why just why is still dragging out his birthday? Now he's still he's still asking for stuff. He's <laughs> still, you know, he still <laughs> saying it's my birthday, month. It's <laughs> <is> last year. <laughs> Um,
2: no, my missus got me a, a, a brand new Apple TV because um, ours is very the, old. Do you have the
1: the Siri remote? Yeah, we got them over there. That's brilliant!
2: But she set it up for me yesterday, which was disastrous because when she uploaded it and logged into my Apple ID, she saw every app I've ever downloaded ever in my life. Wow. Pre relationship.
1: So there was a lot of dating apps. Yeah, and stuff, not great. I, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that was that was fun. Um, Yeah, that was a fun conversation. Uh, I think you had Bumble on
2: there. Can't confirm, never heard of Bumble. But the Grinder was the one that really worried her. Grinder. (laughs) I think think we'll end on that note for the show. (laughs) All right, man, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. Where can they follow you, Josh? Oh, you can follow me now on On This Is Woot. (laughs) Is that your Twitter? That is.
1: This Is Woot. This Is Woot. (laughs) Because it was... People were actually pronouncing it Wootet. W- yes. And I'm like, oh, oh my god. Woot, etc. So, you go.
2: yeah, alright, this is Woot. There is that go. a 300 style uh,
1: approach? or? Are you talking about like this is Sparta? Yeah. Actually, that's a good idea. I'm like, alright.
2: Add a few more zeros in it. This is
1: Woot! <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then it's very unpractical when people tweet you because. And I go, no,
1: it's five O's, not yes. two. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, anyway. Uh, you can follow us at Woot and Y and you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Audioboom, iHeartRadio, Grindr. Grindr Bumble.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For any social media platform. Check it out and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye, guys.